0: Everybody and welcome to the Money Made Easy Podcast. Every week we will catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica
1: and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast and also on our website at Money Made We'll be talking all things money, earning it saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible.
0: Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close.
1: We're far from it. We will be bringing on some of the best experts in the biz to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. Today, we're talking with Miss Wise, at Wise Woman Wallet on Instagram. That's her handle, at Wise Woman Wallet. And she moved to China to get a day ahead of us. No, really, it's already tomorrow there, right? (laughs)
0: Oh, please, Tisha. I don't think that's why she moved there.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, she did move to China to get ahead of her debt. And now I think it would be best to go ahead and welcome her to the show and have her explain why she decided to move there, how it's all going, and we'll also have her share a few tips with us too, of course. So welcome, Miss Wise. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. So if you want to just kind of launch into all of the why and uh, how behind it all, go for it. Sure. Okay. Well, yes, I am Miss
2: Wise. I go by Miss Wise. Uh, My Instagram handle and website is Wise Woman Wallet. And Wise is really my last name. Uh, Awesome. And I've always just tried to live up to it. Um, And when I started the handle and started talking about my debt-free journey. Mm-hmm. It was, I got on Instagram literally December 31st, 2016, I think. And, uh, and I was just like, okay, let me just, let me just see what this debt-free community is about. Let me just get up here, share some things that go along. And, um, and it has really grown and I didn't know it was going to grow to this extent. So, it has, yeah, but now it's just like, be the that little secret person behind the.
1: <laughs> so you are semi-anonymous. You share a lot of uh, personal information about your life, but you don't share your full name. Is there a reason for that?
2: Yes. Um, one of the reasons is when I started the account, it was like December 31st, 2016. Mm-hmm. So we were starting a new year and I just wanted to like see what this debt-free community was about I wanted to sort of be a voyeur in a sense and just like see what other people were doing but then it was like I realized I was just getting more out of the experience by divulging more information and giving more tips and just sharing with folks Mm -hmm. but I was still I still felt very vulnerable very much ashamed of the amount of debt I had because of ignorance you know just not knowing certain things about credit and student loans and how mm-hmm. to pay that back. And so I think there was just a lot of a lot of guilt around that and shame around that and um and then I just started talking more about my family and I didn't want what I was going through to sort of bleed into their lives and you know and give people too much. Right. Know?
1: That yeah. makes sense. Mhm. And I think that's a big feeling vulnerable and feeling like oh man I I've, I've really messed up and not realizing that most of America has messed up. <laughs> not thinking that we're the only ones that have made these bad choices when really that's the majority. <laughs> it, it really
2: is. And that's what's powerful about being in communities like this and mm-hmm. having podcasts like this is just being able to just like get it out in the open and say, we're all struggling with this. How can we lift each other up and move on to the next level?
1: Why don't you share with us what made you decide to move to China? How did that come about?
2: It was, it was a three prong decision. Okay. So number one, I was, I'm born and raised in North Carolina. I was working in North Carolina and I was at a digital marketing agency and I was doing work for big brands, but I didn't feel like I was actually helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, before that, I was actually a, a, a journalist. So in that sense, I was helping the community by giving them information, mm-hmm. teaching people things. Um, so I just didn't feel like I was doing a service. And I, and, and I didn't realize how huge of a value it was until I was two and a half, three years in. And I was like, this is, this, this is not cutting it. Yeah. So I started teaching um, adults at the local community college, realizing that I only, I only needed a B.A., And I started volunteering and then I became an adjunct professor Mm -hmm. and it was just like, boom, it was just like, Oh my God, like, this is my calling. I love teaching. I was teaching adults from all over the world. So I was able to use, you know, my language skills. I speak Spanish. I was able to just converse with people of different cultures and nations. And it was just a blast. So that's one thing, wanting to be of service. Two, realizing that teaching was something that I really loved. And three, being able to travel again, because I had gotten the travel bug when I was in college and uh, I was able to study abroad a few times and it was amazing. And being at my job, the job I didn't like, being in the country and I hadn't traveled internationally for three years at that time. Um... It just, it was just too much. I was just like, I really just, i there's more to life than paying these bills and not getting ahead of these bills mm-hmm. and not traveling and seeing the world. There's just more to this life. And I saw moving to China, China as my way to open a new chapter. Really. Yeah. And was getting out of debt a big part of it too? Getting out of debt was a huge part of it. Because as I was saying, like my bills... <laughs> <laughs> they weren't going anywhere.
1: <laughs> um, making no progress on them.
2: Making no progress, and it was crazy. Um, November of 2015. Uh, November of 2015, my car died on me, and it was a car that my mom gave me. So there was, I had no car note for years. I didn't have a car note, and so when that happened. I was like, oh my gosh, not another thing. Like, not another thing. So I had to buy a car. I didn't have any savings at the time. So I had to get out. I had to get like a $12,000 loan, twelve thirteen dollars 13000 loan for this car on top of over like 50000 I had in student loans at the time, on top of a few thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, on top of, you know, some medical bills that I had because I had surgery on mm-hmm. my, um, to- fix my, my teeth. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was nuts. I just felt like I wasn't going anywhere and uh, I had to get out. And so I just started looking at different avenues and looking back in my Rolodex of people and realizing Mm -hmm. that other folks had gone to, had gone to Asia before Mm -hmm. and had a good experience Mm -hmm. and also listening to like different podcasts, his and her money podcast was very influential for me because there was this one man, I cannot remember his name. But he talked about how he had done geo-arbitrage, which is what it is. You move to another, you relocate to another place to take advantage of the low cost of living so that you could save or pay off debt. So this man had moved to Saudi Arabia. He was a teacher. He moved to Saudi Arabia. Wow. And his wife stayed back in the States. but I think she eventually moved with him too. But he was just talking about how he was able to lower his cost of living so much and just send piles of money back home to pay
1: off debt and then to awesome. save. And I was like, okay, this Time is it. let's, let's, let's get going. You give this statistic from that you got from creditcards.com. that um, states that over 65% of us adults with debt don't know when or if they'll ever escape and then when in talking about your debt, you said you had more credit card debt than emergency savings, and you couldn't ever see a future without debt for yourself. So now that you've been, you've been in China for how long now? Uh, literally three years. Two three weeks ago, years. Three oh. Three year anniversary. Wow. So how has that changed? Has that changed, I'm guessing? <laughs> it's changed drastically. Um, I've
2: been able to pay off, Twenty-five thousand dollars. Wow, yeah, almost twenty-five thousand dollars in debt. So that includes uh-huh. the medical bills are gone, the credit card debt is gone, my undergraduate student loans are gone, and then like a quarter of my graduate school loans are are gone. And,
1: and that, that doesn't include. Didn't you get rid of your car debt immediately? Exactly. Yeah. So I actually. So yeah, that's not even including the
2: eleven thousand dollars that I got rid of by selling my car back to CarMax <laughs> less than 12 hours before I got on the plane to China. Wow.
1: Wow! So yeah. really $36,000 in debt so far. Exactly. I should, yeah, I should start including that. I should.
2: Yeah, you so,
1: should. So $36,000 in debt
2: in three years and three months.
1: And then has three do you years have and an- four months. Do you have an emergency fund now? or Yeah, and
2: I have an emergency fund because I paused my debt snowball. I was paying off debt mm-hmm. and I realized, oh crap, okay, I don't have any like actual cash reserves. Mm-hmm. If something were to go down, if I had to go back home or, or if my mom needed help or anything, there, I only had $400 in my account as of a year ago, September 2018. Wow. And I said, that's not right. I said that's really not right. That's not even the cost of a flight to go back home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So I paused my dead snowball um, and decided to save ten thousand dollars. And uh, nice. I was able to accomplish that in seven months. But full disclosure, I've kept eighty five hundred, and I used the other fifteen hundred for travel. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I have eighty five. I have eight thousand five hundred dollars in savings, which is ridiculous. That's awesome. For a person who you know, at the in back in North Carolina, the highest I think I ever had it was maybe fifteen hundred, and that was mm-hmm. a miracle in itself to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, eight thousand five hundred is is bananas.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah so. that's incredible. Wow.
1: So you said that several factors have played a huge role in your financial success abroad. Um, Maybe we could perhaps go over some of those, what those different factors, the cost, you said the cost of living in China is low. So in comparison to the U S what are, what are we talking here?
2: So I'll go based on the number of bills that I'm paying. Mm -hmm. So this is what I mean by the cost of living is low for me. Right now, I live in a free apartment. My school pays for my, my apartment. I literally have no idea what, my, what the rent would be, wow. <laughs> um, which is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not paying rent. I'm not paying Chinese taxes. I'm not making enough money right now to actually pay, to be double taxed back in the States as well. So I'm not paying U.S. Mm-hmm. taxes. Awesome. I my utilities are paid for up to a certain extent. So if I go over, you know, if I've used my AC more Mm -hmm. than I'll pay that back, but no cable bill, no Wi-Fi bill. I literally have a $20 a month, 20 us dollar a month plan for my phone. Um, I have no car. So that means no car payment, no gas, no taxes on the car. Um, no insurance payments. I just use public transportation and I have like a $200, $250 electric bike that I scoot around with. And um, I just bring my battery up, charge my battery, put it back in my bike and I'm good to go. Um, So a lot of people, when we talk about trying to get ahead with our money, the first thing that we can do is try to just cut our expenses. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been able to do with getting, um, my teaching positions over here getting free housing is incredible and not having the expenses of a car is ridiculous right so the only bill that i'm actually paying is my phone bill here in here in china and then all of my most of my paycheck like 75 75 percent of it can go back to the states and pay off debt
1: nice yeah and then you also say, number two, you're surrounded by like-minded people. And so what's the, what's the mentality of people in China versus people in the U.S.? Okay, so I can't
2: speak too much about the mentality of, even though I've been here for three years, I don't really talk money with my Chinese mm-hmm. counterparts, like my co-teachers, because for one thing is they get paid less than the foreign teachers. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're teachers from South Africa, from Ireland, England, um, America, everywhere, right? Canada. Um, but the Chinese teachers get paid less than us. So out of respect, we don't really try to talk too much about our salaries. Right. But their mentality is very interesting. Like as far as Chinese, uh, there are a lot of Chinese adults who just stay with their parents longer. If, they, if they're not married, they stay at home or they stay with their grandparents, Right. So they're saving money that way, even though they might be making less than us as far as salary, they're keeping most of their money because they're staying at home longer. Um, And we just, and even in the States, you will see that with a lot of, um, a lot of families who are maybe immigrant based families. So families that have come from Asia or, or different countries in Africa or Mm -hmm. different countries in South America, Latin America, right? People just stay home longer and they're able to save their money they're going to save more money and also (laughs) there's a story of one of the Chinese teachers she was talking about how we we wanted to get a certain music download for a performance that the kids were going to put on and she was like oh my gosh it's so expensive and so my Irish friend was like well how much is it and she said two kwai so two kwai is two R&B in Chinese currency which equates to like a quarter. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, wow. So she was saying that this music download was too expensive. And that gives you a sense of like how they're like,
0: mm-hmm. I don't
2: want to spend my money frivolously. Yeah, if right. I can get it for free or if I can save for it, or if it's something that I don't need, I just, I just do without it. Um, so this is coming from a Chinese teacher who has, who lives with a roommate, because she has free housing from the school and because, and she gets free meals every day at the school. So she's just using her money wisely. And then also I noticed that just talking with other foreign teachers, we realized that Chinese people, they seem to save a lot of money. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just like, they save and they're frugal and, and they could be making less money with as far as like salary wise, but because of their saving habits and their frugality, they're able to buy a property in their hometown. So let's say they work in a big city, but they can buy a property back home and they have real estate, they're real estate owners. So you could be looking at them and they wear the same things every day or what have you, but they're property owners.
1: Is part of that possibly uh, the, uh, is there less influence from social media to Insta-worthy moments, that kind of thing? Is that Does that play a part of it at all?
2: I don't think so because what I've seen here is that <laughs> if they don't take a picture of something, it didn't happen. <laughs> they're <laughs> super into their social media. Like, seriously, they're super into their social media. And okay. the the social media du jour is WeChat.
1: Okay. W
2: E T H A T. So, WeChat is what we use here. It's our bread and butter here. Um, so, I don't think it's that per se. I just think it's. It's just just, a different mindset. It's instilled. Yeah, it's a different mindset. It's like. They, when we come here, um, especially from America, they realize how much debt we have mm-hmm. and they're just like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like they, as far as I, as far as I know, they don't go into, they don't go to tens of thousands of dollars of debt to go to college. They just, right. it's not a thing. I don't think, um, credit card consumer debt from credit cards is, is not as big of a thing here. It's just not mm-hmm. as accepted as far as I see. I could be wrong. But just from my experience, I don't see my Chinese teachers like throwing money down, you know, like that to charge it.
0: Well, and I think that's such an important mindset. What you mentioned is, you know, their natural habit is to save. And I, I mean, that's something my parents always taught us growing up is it's not how much you make, it's how much you save. You know, like you can make tons of money, but if you're blowing it, like you don't have any cash reserve or you don't, you know, you're not paying off your debt. So, I mean, I think, I mean, they're right. They've got the right mindset, you know, to kind of lead them into more successful lives.
1: Such a simple thing, Mm -hmm. but definitely the American mindset is give me by, you know, more, more, more.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like delayed gratification. I didn't know. I didn't know what that was growing up. Yeah. I'm like, I, I want it and I want it now. Yeah. And, and that's the problem, right? Yeah. But, um, but also the mindset of my fellow foreign teachers who are here from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, many Americans are here. We're over here and we have the mindset that we're going we're gonna to hustle. We're going to try to, you know, increase our income and go to the mm-hmm. best schools that we can. Um, and we're going to teach on the side and, and some people create businesses on the side. So I'm, I'm, I'm around a lot of entrepreneurial folks. I'm a lot of, I'm around a lot of frugal folks. Um, we definitely have fun, you know, like yeah. <laughs> right now it's the Chinese holiday. It's called golden week and it's the 70th, it's the 70th anniversary of China becoming the people's Republic of China. Okay. So right now, you know, I have some of my friends who are in the Philippines or, or Vietnam or what have you, I'm chilling at home to say, but, um, but we're still having fun, but we're doing it in a, in a smart way.
0: Yeah. Nice. I love it. Well, and one of the other factors that you had mentioned, um, was that your, your knowledge being in to make around $60, is it $60 an hour for tutoring? Yeah, it could be. So there's a a range. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's
2: like, actually yesterday I was talking with a friend and she was saying that, another person is making like $90 an hour. Ooh! So yes, yeah, so I'm like, where,
0: <laughs> where was
2: this money when I was <laughs> at
1: that school? Sign so, me yeah, up
2: for so, that one. No, so it could be because, I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's just a lot of money over here. Um, yeah. The neighborhood I live in, I see BMWs and Range Rovers and Mercedes-Benz every day. Mm-hmm. I see Coach Bags, Prada, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, like, these are, what, these are what some of my three- and four-year-olds wear. Wow. Um, so yeah. some of the parents are loaded, and mm-hmm. they realize – I mean, and they have their kids at a, at a English immersion school. So right. they're paying out the wazoo for that. And then they also just want their kids to achieve so much anyway. So over here in China, people have their kids in everything. So my three- and four-year-olds, they're not only being immersed in English every day in school – but they're also, have, they're also taking art lessons and mm-hmm. their Chinese lessons on the side. And some of them are taking Kung Fu and, and chess, piano, anything you can name. Parents are putting as much, um, they're investing a lot into their education.
1: Awesome.
0: Wow. Um, and then one of the last factors we wanted to talk about um, with distance make the pockets grow fatter. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that?
2: Yes. So one, it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> being in China. Mm-hmm. I can be as I can be easily disconnected from a lot of the things going on back home.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I say it's a, it can be a curse sometimes because when you want to reach out to someone, maybe my VPN is down and I can't get on social media when I want to. So that's a curse, right?
1: But and it's your also a is Your VPN is like Wi-Fi, right?
2: It's, Okay, let me explain it this way: using a program to pretend that I'm not in China so that I can use oh. social media and Google.
1: Okay. So, okay.
2: so it's basically like it's a proxy, so I can pretend that I'm in Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. via a VPN, so that I can access Netflix and Instagram and Google.
1: Okay, so you're yeah. not Netflix and chilling much.
2: <laughs> I actually. Whenever I am. It's <laughs> oh, you Whenever, are. Yeah. Usually it works. So I am, you know, I'm Netflixy. i I'm taking part in Frasier. I don't know what's up <laughs> with you, but I love Frasier. But yeah, like, so that's the curse, right? I can't always get on when I want to sometimes. Mm-hmm. The okay. blessing is that we've talked, we've touched on it earlier. Like if there were so many times when I would be on Facebook or I would be on Instagram and someone would be on a vacation or someone would have a new home, someone would get married, have a baby. I didn't have those things. I don't have those things at the time. So I would get jealous and I would just like throw up my hands and be like, Oh my gosh, like when am I ever going to get out of debt? When am I ever going to achieve these things that I think I'm supposed to have? Right. Like I wanted to be married as soon as I got out of college, you know, Mm -hmm. and to think that people, other people were doing that and I wasn't doing that. And I sort of deemed myself a failure. So being able to detach myself from a little bit of that, that jealousy Mm -hmm. and that envy and um, detach myself from the new cars and the new babies and the new houses and everything that's helped me a lot. It's helped me just really appreciate what I have and understand that everyone's path is different.
0: Exactly.
2: And the grass is not always greener Mm -hmm. because some of those people who got married right after college are now divorced. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So You know, Uh, Some of those new cars that people posted, maybe they posted, maybe they didn't pay outright for those cars. Mm -hmm, Whereas when I returned to the States, I want to be able to put 10 grand or however much down on the car. Maybe not that much, but I want to be able to save for that big purchase Mm -hmm. and not have a loan. So a lot of times we just see, see the highlight reel. We see the shiny new things and we can get discouraged because we don't have it, Mm
0: -hmm. but
2: we have to be content with what we have now. And, uh, being content, man, that's that's one of the keys to being able to handle your money right.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: Wow. So true. Uh
1: one of the you have so many. So it I think at least a hundred links on your inst in your Instagram bio link tree. <laughs> so it's many crazy, it's great crazy. R- so many. Great articles. No, there's so many great articles, great freebies. And one of them is six things I'm glad I unlearned about money. And, oh my goodness, budgets are the devil. Hello, I'm right there with you. I used to feel that way too. <laughs> yes. Now you don't feel that way. Can you expand on that one? <laughs> sure. Um, how, did you, how did you change obviously we, you know, we don't think budgets are the devil either. You know, we've unlearned that one, but how did you change that one? And we'll go over some of the others too. Sure. Um, budgets are the devil
2: are, uh, was a myth that I had believed because I was simply just afraid of my numbers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was afraid to look at how much debt I had acquired. I was afraid to see how much, how little money I was making. I was just afraid of these numbers. Right. But once I read, once I started writing everything down, writing down my debt list, writing down the income I was bringing in, writing down the bills I was paying out the expenses, it was, it was empowering. There's nothing that brings you more clarity than just writing things out in black and white. And I realized that budgets are actually my friend. There's, I mean, there's nothing that I have achieved in these past three years that I that I could have done without a budget Mm -hmm. saving that money and paying down debt and even paying for like my teacher certification out of pocket I paid like almost $6,000 for that there's no way I would have been able to do it unless I literally just wrote everything down everything that was coming in everything that was going out it's been the most basic tool um, for for money accumulation for debt crushing it's Mm -hmm. it's been my friend and one of the things that I try to stress to folks is it doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing where you literally write, have a category for 50 different things. D-shirt. That
1: ties in perfectly with the next one. You must be rich to save, invest, or crush debt. That was your yeah, next it was, unlearning.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, because if I, if I waited until I had a $100,000 a year income, I'd be waiting for a long time as a teacher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd be waiting for a very, very long time. And one of the quotes that I love, I think it was from um, uh, something similar, John Wooden and Arthur Ashe. So Arthur Ashe, the tennis star, and John Wooden, the famous basketball coach. They both stress doing what you can with what you have. And, um, And I realized that if I can't be if I can't be financially sound on like a $35,000 salary or $40,000 salary, then how can I ever expect to be, to do more when I have more, you have to be vigilant with what you have now. And it's building these habits. If you can't, if you can build a habit of just saving 50,000, excuse me, fifty. Dollars a month, not fifty thousand. <laughs> that would be a great month. <laughs> that would be
0: awesome.
2: But if you can just build the habit of putting aside fifty dollars a month into an account that you don't touch.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If you can build the habit of learning now how to only spend a hundred dollars eating out each month, if you could build the habit now of eating more at home instead of delivering getting delivery or eating out.
0: Those things are gonna
2: serve you so much in the long run, so mm-hmm. it just goes, to, and then like one thing that I hated doing was keeping track of my expenses because it was like it was basically showing me how stupid I had been with money at sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's great about that is if you don't track it, you don't know how you can improve it's It's basic. you just you don't know how you can improve. so um, budgets and tracking expenses. It's the one thing that has helped me understand, okay, if I scale back on these things, if I make smarter decisions with eating out or hanging out too much with friends, then I can have more money to pay off debt, and I can have more money to save and um and also it's motivation, like if you realize your income is not what you wanted to be, well, then you start to hustle, mm-hmm. you start to you know back home, I was freelance writing. I was tutoring four four nights, excuse me. I was teaching English to adults four nights a week and I was working my nine to five. Um, And so I basically brought that that hustle back over here to China as well. And just, you know, just making sure that I can, it's not always about cutting. It's also about just making more and being Mm -hmm. vigilant over what you have.
0: I think that's so one of the other lessons that you unlearned was ignorance is bliss. And I think, you know, so many people are so afraid to like log into their bank account and you know, when people used to check or what is it, balance their checkbooks and you have to like make sure each, you know, line item matched up with your checkbook or whatever. And now we don't really do that. We can just pay it off and whatever. But um, I mean, I, I, am definitely guilty of that. Sometimes I'm so scared. I'm like, well, like how much is my credit card up to now? Like I know I you know went out or whatever. And when I go and they look through each statement and I'm like, wow, I spent like $20 at Starbucks that week and $50 at a restaurant, you know, like just once you see it, like, and write it down, like you said, it's, I mean, it seems so simple, but it's so important to just, you know, be more aware of where you're spending your money. I think just that is like, it's those little small things that I, we can all make, you know, towards making change for our finances and, but I think we're all just scared of kind of confronting our bad habits, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot remember the exact analogy. I wish I could remember it. But it's, um, it's at nighttime. When you're at night, you're in the house by yourself, right? Yes. And you just see something in the corner. And you're just like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> what is that thing? And you just, I don't know what it is. You think it's just this huge, scary spider? And then you walk up to it and you're just like, oh, it's a leaf that blew in when I opened it. You know? It's one of those things where you just, you get up close to it and you confront it and you're like, I don't have to be afraid of
0: this. Yeah.
2: Right. It's empowering to, to know the numbers and to start
1: dealing with the issues. Right. Yes, definitely. So
0: true. So powerful. I love it. What was your relationship money while growing up and how it like, has that influence changed or has, have you kind of kept consistent? Like how has that shifted into your adulthood? Uh, to be frank, growing up, I didn't have a
2: relationship with money, mm-hmm. which is sort of a relationship in itself, right? Yeah. But- right. Um, so my mom was raising, my mom and my dad divorced when I was a toddler. She was raising me, my brother, and a cousin. Um, so being in a single-parent household, um, I got everything that I needed, for sure. Everything that I needed and most of what I wanted. Um, right. But as I – the older I got, sort of in middle school and high school, I realized, like, eh, something's, something's not right. Like, we had – it was the invention of caller ID, so You could see who was calling, right? And there was just all these numbers from creditors and, like, my mom was like, don't answer the phone. You know, that's a person we don't want to talk to. So I started realizing like, okay, so maybe, so there's like an issue with that. Right. And then growing. And then also when you start filling out FAFSA forms, scholarship forms, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to go to college and seeing like my parents' financial statements for the first time, I was like, that's not a lot of money. Like, (laughs) Holy cow. Like, no wonder, you know, you couldn't give me a prom dress like no wonder you know I could not you know it was just there was just certain things and I didn't realize it and then you know also sort of realizing that one of my aunts was doing pretty well at the time so she subsidized things and I just didn't know about it like a trip to Mm -hmm. Disney World I had no idea that my mom didn't pay for that until you know later on in life so and another issue was that we just didn't talk about money unless it was Unless it had to deal with scarcity, like I don't have it, or my mom would say, "You know, my money's acting funny right now. I can't do it." That's one of the phrases that I hate because I yeah. heard it so much. Right? Yeah, but
1: I've never heard it. It's <laughs> yeah, my money, I think my I think it sounds funny. cute, but,
2: <laughs> but 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 you think about it, it's like it's that's not cute to keep repeating, no. right? It's not good. Like no. we should have a better handle on this very important thing that allows us access to everything that we want in life, right? So, right. and it was. And it was um, neither of my parents, even though they're good people. Obviously, yeah. they they were doing what they could with what they had. They didn't know much right. about you know money and investing, whatever, so they couldn't really impart that to me. But what I wish they would have imparted to me was just the basics of the cost of living. Like, yeah, you know, I you can't give me a prom dress, but maybe you explain to me like. This is how much is coming into the household. It's not an easy conversation to have, I know. But this right. is how much is coming to the household, and this is how much it pays to feed you guys and mm-hmm. pay rent and utilities and the phone bill and you know. Like I just didn't understand all that goes into living a basic life in the U.S. Yeah. I exactly. just didn't understand it, and so and I didn't understand people with different salaries, and I didn't, and there was no talk of investing. No and there There was was no no classes
1: about it. It should have been, it should definitely be money. The fact that money is not taught in schools all about it. Like you said, investing and different, how different jobs. And I mean, yeah, it's a little bit known that, okay, doctors, you know, or it's, believed because now sometimes doctors don't necessarily make more money or it takes a long time for them to build their practice and make more money so I mean but at least when I was growing up it was like oh be a doctor or a lawyer and you'll be rich you know and it was like that that was like the the most that it was really talked about at school it wasn't really uh, elaborated on much but yeah it would be I I totally agree yeah yeah
2: but okay but yeah but going back to like growing up with this sort of a non relationship with money, but also a negative relationship because Mm -hmm. my mother unbeknownst to her was imparting like scarcity mentality to me, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, like it was, um, I've been combating that my entire adulthood. Um, I've had to just teach myself everything. And it started with going to the library. And I, I believe like one of the first books I got from the library, because it was written by another black woman uh, like me. Her name is uh, Glenda Bridgeforth, I believe. It was called Girl, Get Your Credit Straight. And she <laughs> yeah, had Girl, Get Your Money Straight. And so those were, those were the first books that I read. And I was like, oh my God. So there's a thing called a credit score? <laughs> I, was like, I was like 22, 23 years old, already out of college. And I was like, what is this thing called a credit score? Because I was, it was the first time that my bills were coming to me in my apartment. They weren't going home. Mm-hmm. So I was eight, I was at college, but my bills were going home. So I wasn't, my credit card bills were going home. So I didn't like see stuff. You know, I would get online, I think at the time and, you know, pay like the little bit that I could knew to pay off. But I didn't know the detriment that I was, you know, of paying only the minimum. I didn't know the what a credit score comprised of. And now I know a lot. And now I have a very high credit score and I don't care because I understand that I don't want to get more into debt. A credit score is talking about how you manage debt. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's not actually the the report card for my financial well being. Now I understand that there's so many more components to your financial well being, just um, other than a credit score. Right. But yes, yeah, like you know, just going from a scarcity mentality to an abundance mindset, teaching myself and understanding that I. My kids don't have to go through this because I'm putting in the work now so and that I want to teach them so many things when I have kids. I want to teach them so many things hands on about saving and investing. And I I just want them to just, just have a, a, a huge foundation to, to stand on.
1: We ask each of our guests the same two questions. So we wanted to go ahead and ask you those now.
0: The first question is, what is your definition of success?
1: This
2: is so hard. I know. <laughs> I wish I had like a
0: cool little, a cool
2: acronym or something. Um, success to me now is having options. It's, mm. It simply is having options. Getting out of debt, that. saving money. Moving 7,000 miles away from home, it was all about having options to live a life that I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. It was about designing my life and not being held hostage by bills and debt and the rat race. It's, it's everything, everything is all about options. When people talk about they want more money and they want this and they want that, what they're talking about is they want options. They want mm-hmm. options to work less or work whenever they want to. If they want to work more, that's fine, but they probably want the option to work at something they really love, right? Mm-hmm. They want the option to have, to take their loved ones to different places. They want the option to give generously if they have the money.
0: Mm-hmm. They want
2: the option to go on a plane in the middle of the night if they want to. Everyone is working towards options. So I think success is just opening yourself up to to more options.
1: That's beautiful. Yes, it is. Okay. And then what are the three words that come to mind when you think about money? Options probably. I do, I,
2: okay. My, the three words that first come to mind when I think about money, options,
1: giving, travel, that's what i was i was sitting here going she's gonna say travel she's gonna say travel <laughs> and i love that i mean, that. I was
2: just like i mean
1: but i mean those you know that's just that's, those are the things that i'm like gearing
2: everything that's towards, awesome yeah i want to see the world and have options and be able to give to and people i love, and mothers, yeah. I love, so I love that.
0: that is so good well miss wise we heard that you're coming out with an ebook do you want to tell us a little bit more about that yes
2: okay i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm so afraid. It's crazy. I'm so nervous. But, uh, but yeah, I wrote an ebook and it's called The Good Life Starter Set. Um, 16 tools, 16 must have tools to get out of debt other than a budget. So Ooh. good life in this sense is, is also talking about, you know, living well, but it's G-O-O-D, get out of debt. So the get out of debt life. Oh, I um, see what
1: you did there. Mm-hmm. You see what
2: I did there? Yeah, but it's, I do. but it's talking about the specific things that I've done on this long journey mm-hmm. to, to get out of debt other than a budget. Like, because people always, you see these articles and you're just thinking, oh, yes, I'm going to read this article about how to get out of debt. And everyone's like, cut your cable bill, <laughs> you know? get another job. And I'm just like, okay, duh. But like, you know, (laughs) there's other things that come with that come with getting out of debt and saving and achieving any of these financial goals. And so I really just wanted to get people, um, give people those tools. It's talking about first, we start off with the mindset because that's Mm -hmm. everything, right? You have to believe that you, you have to believe that you can save. You have to believe that you can get out of debt. You have to fix, you have to, Train your mindset, train your mind every single day. So I give right. tools for that, and then I give tools to help people literally set up their money, give them give them systems. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to write out your budget, but if all your money is clumped in together, you don't know. You really don't know if you're really saving, if you're really spending that much money on that. You know, you really just mm-hmm. just give yourself systems, and it's not all based on willpower. And then the last thing is just maintenance and motivation, because some. I've been on this journey for over three years, actually even longer than that because I was doing it the wrong way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And
2: now I feel like I'm doing <laughs> it a better way. Um, but yeah, just giving people tools for motivation because it's, it's really, it's a marathon and you got to keep your head on throughout the, throughout the, the whole process.
1: So, That's exciting. Awesome.
2: so when will this ebook be offered? It will be out in October. Ooh. And yes, and you can find it on wisewomanwallet.com. So basic spelling, wise, W-I-S-E, womanwallet.com.
0: Perfect. And we'll make awesome. sure to link that in our show notes as well so people can, can go find it. Thank you. Of course.
1: This has been so fun having you on all the way from China. I know. <laughs> and we encourage all everyone to go follow you on Instagram at wise woman wallet. She's got great tips. And like I said, check out the links in her bio. Cause there's a, there's a thousand of them. I'm pretty sure.
2: <laughs> and they're all, Way good. Me, all but, great stuff, but I'm glad you like them.
0: <laughs> it's all little nuggets of gold. I'm so excited to start going through those.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on miss wise. We have certainly, I feel wiser. Do you feel wiser Angelica?
0: Oh yes much wiser <laughs> thank you so much for sharing physical. all of your great
1: tips and we will look for you uh on instagram and on your website have fun thank in you china so much for having me. thank
2: oh. you angelica this has been this has been awesome
0: well thank you yeah, thank, thank you, you for everything and sharing your story it was so inspiring
1: Okay, you all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there.
0: And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show.
1: And we'll see you next Money Monday. Bye. Bye.